Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to Capes and Japes, your number one podcast for crow facts. Well, it's not. I didn't get through the blog post I was reading before the recording. Yeah, it's not because I rudely made Briar come on and talk about comic books instead of reading about crows. It's fine. I can do that later. I can do that on my own time. (laughs) Your own crow time. We're not even talking about a a crow-related person today. We finished talking about the hawks, the hawk men and women. I can see how that would be confusing, though, going straight from talking about hawk people and then opening the episode talking about crows. I just think they're neat. <laughs> Maybe Hawkman should have a sidekick named Crow Lad. No. No, you're no, right. I... That's very bad. <laughs> That's right. We're talking uh, about Raven from Teen Titans. Oh, <gasps> uh, we should. No, we are <laughs> talking about um we talked about hawkman and hawkwoman and we are going to talk about hawkman's best friend for some reason (laughs) the adam a man who gets Um, very small a man who gets very small uh we're going to talk about probably the most well-known iteration of the adam today uh which is ray palmer well-known being relative, the Adam is definitely not an A-list DC hero. Um, I mean, if there's a guy in DC and he gets really small, odds are probably yeah. the Adam. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you gotta have at least one man uh, who gets really small. You gotta um, have one shrinkum. Yeah. For all your shrinkum and- needs. <laughs> Uh, and the Adam is, uh, DC's primary shrinkum. Uh, so the Ray Palmer Adam is actually the, uh, the second Adam. Um. Helium. Fuck. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Um. Anyways, episode over. Uh. There was a uh, Golden Age Adam, who we can talk about maybe a little bit more if we end up doing a, uh, a an Adam roundup. Um, but there was a, a, a Golden Age Adam named Al Pratt, who, I'm going to just say this up front because I'm obsessed with it, had no superpowers. Instead, his thing was that he was a college student who was extremely short and tiny and got picked on for it. So he decided to just get really good at punching people. So Wolverine minus claws? Nerd? Yes, Wolverine, no Ner- mutant powers. Nerdy Can't Wolverine. Can't stress that enough. <laughs> just a small man. Simply just a, just a short little guy. Who goes around fighting crime. His thing is that he's just a... He's simply a short man. Um, Is that all you need to fight crime? Because I could get into the business. (laughs) Here we go. The superhero market is about to get a lot more crowded. (laughs) Uh, But in uh, the Silver Age of comics, 
uh, as we moved into more sci-fi oriented stories. As with Hawkman and Green Lantern uh, and The Flash, the Atom got <laughs> rebooted. It wasn't enough anymore to simply be a short man. <laughs> no, you know. <laughs> you needed science powers. You needed, they just keep upping the qualifications for entry-level superheroing. Um, And uh, they create this more science fiction-oriented version of the Atom, who uh, does have superpowers. Um, There were, like, apparently, like, some, uh, some question as is the case with many superheroes of the time, who is exactly responsible for the the creation of the new Adam, because uh, Jerry Bales and Roy Thomas apparently, like, pitched, or, like, not even officially pitched, but just, like, wrote a letter to DC, like, you should uh, reboot the Adam. You should make a man very small. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Gardner Fox was like, oh, I'm actually, I'm already working with Gil Kane to make a new, uh, Adam character. And then it's like, well, you know, like, who's to say, like, how much of, uh, how much of Bales and Thomas, like, influenced, like, the eventual Adam or didn't? Uh, this is largely why... Comics nowadays are like, you. we legally cannot accept unsolicited pitches. Yeah, this is why creatives don't open letters from fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, at the time, things like this were just fair game. So regardless of like whether or not they took these ideas from uh, Jerry Bales and Roy Thomas into account... Gil Kane and Gardner Fox introduced uh, this new version of the Atom, uh, Ray Palmer, in uh, an anthology comic called Showcase in 1961. And in this version, uh, he is a physicist uh, at a at Ivy University. Which is located in Ivy Town, New England. Okay. Where All in New right. England? Somewhere. Listen, that's where it is. I like. I like that this that this establishes like it's it's called Ivy University. That has nothing to do with the quality of the university. It is simply named after the town it is in, and it happens to coincide with a designation of prestigious universities in the real world. But it's not that. It's just named after a town. (laughs) Um, Comics are dumb. Somewhere um, in New England. Don't worry about it. Yeah, somewhere. You know, there's a bunch of them in there. I'm I'm from New England and it it do be like that. So can confirm. Um, But he is a, uh, he's a physicist. And I think, uh, sort of like what the Pym Particles, uh, are introduced as in Marvel, he's studying, um, 
matter compression uh, in order to, you know, potentially, like, uh, help, you know, deal with, like, uh, world hunger and, like, make things, like, easier to, like, transport. And he's trying to, he's trying to fix, he's trying to fix problems by making things, uh, real little. Um, <laughs> this also makes him weirdly, like, one of the only, like, scientists superheroes in DC, which is weird only because Marvel is, like, chock-a-block with them. <laughs> like, Tony, Reed, Hank, Hanks, Pym, and McCoy, uh, Bruce Banner are all, like, pretty well-known characters and are frequently, like, utilized just as much for their, like, science knowledge as for their superpowers. Um... And DC, like, doesn't really ha- I mean, like, Ted Kord, um, who's not really, uh, God love him to death with all my heart. Objectively not an A-lister. Um, <laughs> and so- even- Sorry, uh, Ted. Sorry, Ted. Ted, we love you. We love you. We have nothing but love for you in our hearts. Um, but it is sort of the whole thing about you and Booster is that you're, you know, second tier superheroes in terms of celebrity. First tier in our hearts, always. Um, and even like Barry Allen, whose job was being a scientist before he became the Flash, like, nobody ever asks Barry, like, science questions. <laughs> Oh, if only we had a scientist. And Barry's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm like, right I, here. I I just don't know what to do." And he's like, "I literally, I I am a scientist. I do science. That's this how is... I got my powers. <laughs> this is my day job in a science accident." Um. So Ray Palmer is like, this sort of becomes the go-to science superhero, which isn't saying a lot because people don't really use him for that a lot. This is truly the DC Marvel jock nerd dichotomy. Um, (laughs) But he develops his shrinking technology through a a chunk of uh, white dwarf star matter. Okay. Uh, which like apparently apparently the the uh the editor Julia Schwartz had been reading about dwarf stars and was like that's cool maybe we can use this for our superhero which is like really i feel like the extent of a lot of comic book science is just reading about a thing that sounds cool and then putting it in comics and then not really thinking about what, like, white white dwarf stars, like, they don't shrink. Mm. And they're not, like, microscopically small stars. They're just stars, they're the size of the sun. They're just stars that are a little, like, smaller than some other stars. <laughs> like, there's no, there's no logical reason why these two things should be connected. <laughs> Except for that it's comics. I mean, that's the reason why everything's connected. It's just comics. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, but he finds this, uh, this chunk of white dwarf star matter, which I, I, I don't think you could do also because it's a star and it's made of gas. It's not a meteorite. Did it? I don't think you could, I don't think you can find a chunk of a star. I. It, it's been a, it's been a long time since my astronomy kid days. Did but it die? But I don't die? think this is possible. Did the star die? I don't know. I don't think it says, and I don't think they considered it. Okay. Yep, okay, here it goes. This is, okay, um, you know what? Magic, mm -hmm. it's a solid star. Amazing. It's a wow. big old glowing rock. <laughs> Thanks, magic. Um... Anyways, it's it's a chunk of a white dwarf star. Sure, fine, whatever comics. Uh, and he uses it to make a uh, lens that he can use to shrink things. But uh, at first, doing it uh, destabilizes like the molecular structure of the thing, and it explodes uh, shortly after being shrinking um and at one point he is going spelunking uh with his uh girlfriend's gene loring who's a lawyer we will talk about gene loring later <laughs> oh boy um and uh some of his students and they get, uh, trapped in a cave, and Ray, uh, decides to sacrifice himself by, uh, shrinking himself with his lens so that he can, uh, climb through, like, a, a small opening in the rocks and, like, hopefully find a way to help get everybody out before, um, he explodes. As he believes he will. And, uh, he's able to kind of, like, enlarge the hole and get back to the group to tell them. Uh, and then, uh, surprisingly, he doesn't explode. And he, like, reactivates the lens and he returns to normal size. Uh, and he's fine. So he initially... This is, uh, just like, oh, he has something specific about his molecular makeup makes it so that he uniquely does not explode. And then I think, like, later retcons, they're like, yeah, oh, actually, he developed a, uh, compression matrix that, like, he could wear that would, uh, stabilize the ray and make him not explode. Um. And he just wore that for funsies. <laughs> he just wore it because it looked cool. Who knows what'll happen on this trip? I, I'd better wear the compression shirt. Just to be safe. Uh, with this newfound, uh, shrinking power, he obviously decides to fight crime, uh, as the Atom. He, uh, also is able to, uh, manipulate his, like, density, uh, so he's able to, like, stay his regular size, but, like, 
decrease his mass enough that he can just kind of float on air currents. How? I don't think that is possible. Where does um, it go? <laughs> and he can increase it while he's shrinkened to, you know, hit things harder than he should be able to as a little uh, tiny miniature guy. Well, yes, he would be very dense at that point. Yes. Um, most famously and infuriatingly, he can call someone on the phone and then when they answer, he can shrink himself down to travel through the phone line and come out the phone at the other end. Question. Folks? Yeah. Would this work with a cell phone? Does he ride the digital waves? I, I... Or does he, can he simply walk through a cord? I think they, I think they were thinking of it, obviously, in terms of physical phones. Is a cell phone metaphysical? No, yeah, you're right. You're right. (laughs) Phones with physical phone lines. Um, and presumably they were like, well, sound goes through the lines. So if he can get himself as small as sound, then he can also do it. I mean... But I say that... That's very I, small. That's extremely small. Um, I, I'm I pretty mean, sure... He is called the Atom. Yes. Um, it's still... I, I don't... <laughs> I don't think it works the way they think that it works. Oh no, this is comics. Nothing works the way this they think comics. it works. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, I do think that there have been more recent stories where he he shrinks himself and goes inside the internet. So, like, who knows, I guess. It w- maybe it would work with a cell phone. Fucking okay. who knows. Hold on. Yeah. Where can I read about the Atom going into the internet? <laughs> I mean, it's not like he goes inside the internet and, like, logs on to you know, twitter.com and stuff. It's just, he's like, uh... No, I'm imagining the Fairly Odd Parents special. Oh my god. Where he ends up in the TV. That would be, that would be good comics. God, um, anyways, he can, um, do a bunch of, uh, extremely silly stuff that Probably it does not make sense for him to do, and it definitely does not have any connection uh, to the presence of a dwarf star. But uh, he can, um, like, he can shrink enough to uh, go inside people's bodies, like the magic school bus. Um, He uh, can uh, go down... Uh, in also in Ant-Man fashion, he can get down small enough to enter the quantum layer that exists below our reality called the microverse. Um, and, uh, I think, I think possibly later retcons make it so that, like, it's not 
like a dwarf star, like it's like an ability that he like gives to himself just like innately to have. Um, but because somebody uh, who knew what stars were was like, hey, listen, this is not gonna fly. Um, but he, uh, so he uses these uh, nonsensical powers to uh, fight crime. His arch nemesis is a uh, is Kronos, the time bandit, um, who does uh, who does time crimes. Um, and Ray is... has the perfect power set to offset time. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's also a guy named the Bug-Eyed Bandit. Uh, I just think that's very funny. That um, is very good. Yeah. Chrono- I think Kronos's thing, um, I don't even- I don't even think he has time powers. Um, at least not at first. He's just- he's a, a criminal who is like, oh, I'm always in the wrong place. At the wrong time. So he just gets really good at timing. And then just steals a bunch of time-themed stuff. Fair. Um, so I guess in that sense, uh, Ray is not any less equipped to deal with him than any other (laughs) superhero. Yeah, I mean, at that point, that could be anybody's villain. Yeah. Um... He also, uh, he helps out, uh, Jean, uh, win her cases, uh, by, you know, helping solve various crimes. And he also, uh, meets Hawkman, uh, and they become very good friends. I think largely because neither of them was selling super well, and they were trying to be like, Hey, maybe it'll be better if they're together. Um, it's a very funny contrast because, uh, Hawkman's whole, like, Ray is a science guy and Hawkman's whole thing, even when he's an alien, is like very kind of like primeval, like D&D barbarian vibes. (laughs) Um, but, uh, and also I'm, I'm pretty sure Ray's like a nicer person. Uh, but, that's not that hard. Um, he, um... Ray definitely introduces him to D&D, though. Oh, that's good. That's very fun. Um, he, um, at one point, Ray finds an injured, uh, minor bird, um, and... Its wings are damaged, and so, um, Hawkman builds, like, prosthetic wings for it, um, and, uh, Ray names him Major Mina, and rides him around when he's little to fight crimes. Okay. Alright. That's, that's just a, that's just a wholesome little story. It is. <laughs> but it's dumb. It's really dumb. <laughs> it this it's had dumb to in a cute way. Like the fun thing is, like you know, this happened before grim, dark '90s times. There's no yeah. way. <laughs> no, it, it, 
Exactly. This is the this is the era where Aquaman's like going around with like a a, a walrus and like a seahorse and stuff. Like, yeah. This is when they just got to do like fun little outings, and you're like, good for them. <sighs> They're having a fun time. Uh, Before you had to worry about like, but what if Superman had to kill someone? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I just think about it. Can't we go back to like Ray Palmer adopting a bird? <laughs> <laughs> Things were so much simpler then. Um, he uh goes on a little bit of a uh a solo adventure. Uh, he has a uh mini series because I guess nobody really cares. Either they're trying to be like, hey, look at the Atom do this cool thing, or they're like, let's just do whatever you want with the Atom. People are not reading about this man. Um, he divorces Jean, uh, because she has an affair, uh, with another lawyer. I thought for a second that you were gonna say another woman, and I was uh, gonna be so happy for her. I was good. I would be so happy for her. Maybe that would have taken Jean in a less troubling direction. Oh no. You mean she doesn't just discover that she's gay and like have a peaceful divorce from Ray where God. they remain friends and Ray actually like ma- also makes friends with his ex-wife's new wife and like they have dinner once I mean, a month? To be fair, they do have a relatively amicable divorce, um, because Ray leaves, but he, um, he gives his, uh, Adam gear to, uh, Jean's new husband, and it's like, I'm, I'm gonna go, but you should be the Adam. Um. A wild? <laughs> yeah, no, weird choice. <laughs> Just, all right, take my wife and my job. Let's see how your marriage works when you're <laughs> when you're a lawyer and a superhero. Because mine apparently no. didn't work when I was a Honestly. scientist and a superhero. Maybe it is just a straight up sabotage. She's like, fuck you guys. <laughs> you're like, see how it feels. See how it goes. See if you can pull this off. I'm gonna go on vacation, actually. <laughs> he does, he does, he goes, um, he goes to South America, and he discovers a society of six-inch-tall yellow alien people who are living in the South American jungle. And he's like, wow, I wish I had my shrink suit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, th- I think he... I mean, he he either he has another one or like builds another one because he does shrink to okay. help these people. Um, but he uh, he helps them out. He romances their princess, I guess. Um, All right. And uh, what then? Why are so many like alien societies in comics monarchies? All the time, all the time. They, ev- freaking everyone. I, um, and uh, eventually, uh, 
the society gets basically wiped out by, okay, by a group of CIA agents who were sent by the government because they were like, Ray Palmer is down there helping out these tiny little aliens, and we want Ray Palmer to come work for us, the CIA. So I guess if you go destroy all those little aliens, he'll come talk to us, the CIA, and we can convince him to join us? Um, Hey, CIA, I know this kind of isn't in your purview, but what if you actually, like, helped Ray Palmer help the aliens, and then he would be all like, wow, thanks for the help. And you'd be like, yeah, we make a great team. What do you think you could do with the CIA's resources? Hmm? Hmm? Hmm. Work for us? Um, that would make more sense. Instead, he just gets mad, and he, um... (laughs) He uses his shrinkum's power to shrink down the, uh, the, like, group of agents who, like, actually carried this out. And then the CIA is like, well, this works too. We'll just use these tiny guys to do all our tiny spy stuff. Bye, Ray Palmer. (laughs) Um. I guess it worked. I guess it worked, after all. Um, he, uh, this is all kind of, like, just, like, mostly, like, standalone special stuff, because he's not, like, super active in, like, most comics. Uh, he's not showing up a lot. He, um, at some point he gets, he gets de-aged to a teen and joins the Teen Titans for a little bit. Um... But he, he he goes back to normal age. Um, well, the Teen Titans like, okay, Teen Ray, this is kind of weird, but this come is a weird vibe, I guess. Um, sure. <laughs> um, and then in two thousand four, DC has a uh, crossover event called Identity Crisis. Um, the uh. A plot of which largely uh centers around um the death of Sue Dibney, the wife of Ralph Dibney, the elongated man, um, and the suspicion that there's some kind of serial killer targeting loved ones of superheroes, and then spinning off of this, um, the Justice League uh, butting heads about whether Dr. Light, who they suspect of killing Sue Dibney, um, whether it's, uh, morally acceptable to mind wipe him, um, so he can't commit crimes anymore. That, that's just on suspicion? Or did they actually have proof? They... You know, it doesn't matter. This has nothing to do with Ray. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. There's, there's, he, he did a separate unrelated thing that they do know he did. Okay. That makes them suspect that he killed Sue. But that's, that's part of the plot of Identity Crisis. Um, 
at the end of Identity Crisis, um, it is revealed, uh, it, it is discovered, uh, by Ray Palmer that actually what happened was, uh, his ex-wife, Jean Loring, um, wanted to get back together with him and also separately, uh, seems to have become extremely detached from reality and was like, okay, I know if I make it look like somebody is targeting the loved ones of superheroes, then all the superheroes will go back to their loved ones to protect them, uh, including Ray to me. So she attempts to injure Sue Dibney by using Ray's shrinking equipment to, um, shrink down inside her body and go into her brain. Um, but she causes an aneurysm, which kills her, uh, panics, burns the body, um, starts sending out death threats to other, like, loved ones of superheroes to try and, uh, divert suspicion away from herself, um, hires Captain Boomerang, um, to, uh, attack Tim Drake's father with the intention that, uh, Jack Drake will kill Captain Boomerang, but it'll make it look like, oh, Captain Boomerang was doing it. We solved it. Yay. But, uh, the two of them kill each other. So now Tim Drake's dad is dead. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 And, uh. This is like, oh, I've accidentally dug a little hole. Maybe if I just keep digging, I can find a way out of this hole. Yeah, just keep, just keep on going. It's gotta be down here somewhere. Um, and, uh, Ray eventually figures out what happens because he goes and talks to Jean. He's like, oh, Jean, I'm so worried. You, you know, like, I'm really glad you're okay. So many terrible things are happening. And Jean's like, yeah, it's like, it's so, it's so sad that Jack Drake died even after he got that note. And Ray's like, what note? She's like, the note that I heard someone sent him. And Ray's like, hey, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> One, where would you have gotten this information? Two, what fucking note? <laughs> Uh, so, Ray figures out that Jean did this, um, is quite upset, has her, uh, committed to Arkham, and then, uh, disappears. He shrinks himself down real tiny, and he just, like, uh, dips. Um, and then later Jean, uh, gets possessed by Eclipso and becomes the new Eclipso. <laughs> so. A step up! <laughs> Yeah, you know, break that glass ceiling, girl I'd boss. Rather, I'd rather be on the moon than in Arkham. <laughs> Wouldn't we all? Um, so Ray is missing for a while. Um, and then a, um, a couple years later, uh, in the lead up to Final Crisis, um, 
it's like revealed that like Ray is somehow like the you know the solution to saving the universe. Um, so Donna Troy, Jason Todd, and Kyle Rayner, dream team, um, join together to search the multiverse for where uh Ray might have gone. <laughs> we um, have, we we're not it doesn't even matter if it's our Ray Palmer. We will find a Ray Palmer. We w- listen, one of them one of them's got to fulfill <laughs> fulfill th- this this prophecy or whatever. Um and they actually do find original Ray Palmer. Um who's been living on a different Earth, on Earth-51, where that Ray Palmer was, uh, killed in a lab accident, and original Ray Palmer just sort of slid in and took over his life. Um... Let me just get rid of this, uh, extra dead body, and... I'm in. (laughs) Here we go. Um, Starting over fresh and uh they manage to uh convince him uh to come back and help there's a lot of multiverse stuff happening because you know it's uh a crisis and then he's sort of uh he's he's sort of in and out for a while um there is a uh a new adam uh in his absence who we will talk about next week but he uh kind of like spends some time like going out into the multiverse and the microverse um and then uh occasionally returning to earth um he's on um cry for justice after final crisis um which is like uh hal and ollie's like kind of like more aggressive justice league but uh he also plays a um a pretty significant role um during blackest night where uh he like gets uh an indigo tribe ring um and is also able i think to use it to like channel like other uh emotional spectrum powers which is fun, and he, um, he's the one who kind of spearheads, like, resurrecting Hawkman and Hawkwoman when they are killed, uh, during Blackest Night. <laughs> uh, no, these are my friends. I am going to save them. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. This man once, uh, gave a mina prosthetic wigs for me. Um, he also, um... He has a a one-shot after that in Brightest Day that I think, like, uh, kind of establishes some more stuff with, like, his family. Um, and this is also where he goes, uh, into the internet, uh, with Oracle's help to, uh, find the calculator. Uh, but also the, um, every summary I found of this was extremely confusing. Uh, but he, uh, goes into the internet, he fights a supervillain group called, uh, The Colony, and he, uh, helps his 
his dad and his uncle do something. Nick. Um, in, uh, New 52, um, he's, like, the official, like, science advisor to Shade, and then in, uh, Rebirth, uh, Ryan Choi is, like, the main Adam, um, and Ray has shown up, but for the most part, he's been kind of, uh, doing stuff in the microverse, where, um, at one point, uh, the Hawkman comes, uh, comes and finds him because he's, like, on a quest to, like, uncover all of his past lives, and they go, uh, on a microverse adventure together. Um, yeah. But that's, uh, that's Ray. That's I know Ray! I, that's Ray, baby. Um, I know he's shown up in, like, a couple different, like, cartoons and stuff as, like, basically just, like, we needed a science superhero. Um, but, you know, good for him. We gotta have, gotta have one nerd in there somewhere. Every superhero group needs someone to introduce them to Dungeons and Dragons. It's an important team-building exercise. It's so crucial. Uh, he's also played, um, by, uh, Brandon Routh in Arrow, uh, and... I think after that in Legends of Tomorrow. That sounds um, right. Um yeah. Which uh <laughs> it is funny it is a little funny to me to like play Superman in a movie, um and then be like, so we have a different Superman for these things, but you could be Ray Palmer. And he's like, Okay. Alright, that sounds fine. But anyways, yes. Um did you have anything else to add or I I know I know at least one comic that we both read this past week. Yeah, I did not read many comics. I just read the one uh picked up the first issue of Superman's Son of Kal-El cuz John is in it. John is in it is the thing about it that you got to know. He is the Superman. He is the son of Kal-El. Um, and I did, I, I was thinking about picking one up and I wasn't sure about it. So I started like thumbing through them to see if my shop had any variant covers. And there was one mm -hmm. that was Super Sons. And I was like, yeah, okay, I guess. I guess. So then I was like, okay, if you're going to give me a Super Sons variant cover, Damien has to be in this, right? So I started flipping through it and I'm like, he is. He is here. Oh, he's there. He's there and I love him. So then I, I did read it and it was very good. Except <laughs> I was just sitting there like, damn, is John good? Is this series going to be like John fighting against systemic issues and climate change? <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that where they're going with this? I'm so confused. There was that whole, like, one of the, like, Super Sons, like, young readers graphic novels was, like, the, the Super Sons fix global warming. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, are, 
All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, but it's it's good. That's the only comic I read this week because I did start watching Dimension Twenty, uh, Fantasy High. So that'll that'll be what I'm doing for a while. Sorry. Yes. Yes. I have. Yes. I have not read any more New Mutants since I got mad about Magneto. I mean, you definitely should not apologize to me. <laughs> I'm very excited that you're watching Fantasy High. I'm already like 12 episodes in. Holy shit. What's what's like 12 episodes? That's you did you did the uh they the Black are pit. it um uh, I just got through um, Aelwyn. <gasps> they just they yes! just fought they just fought Aelwyn. <laughs> yes! Oh my god! That oh my god! <gasps> That's so good. I mean, every fight, every fight in Dimension Twenty makes me so unbelievably hype. As somebody who doesn't even usually care about combat, I in right my D and D stuff. Like, um, it's so e- good! Even during Critical Role, like, I zone out mostly through combat, because it's just very combat. But for whatever yeah. reason, Dim 20, I'm like, no, I'm I'm paying attention. Like, I'm still doing something with my hands. I'm not watching yeah. it completely. But I'm listening. <laughs> I'm, I'm extremely engaged. It's all just, like, so, like, tightly paced and, like, creative- in terms of like how the fight is set up, um, wow! Hi, welcome, <laughs> welcome to our Dimension Twenty fan cast. Um, anyways, uh, I also read uh, New Superman, um, and I got very I because like I know Tom Taylor had like mentioned he was like, oh yeah, there there will be like Super Sun stuff in this, but I was expecting it to be just like. At some point, and not, like, <laughs> literally in the first issue. So I'm like, God, am I gonna have to... Am I gonna have to buy every issue of this just in case? Straight out the gate, John comes across a hard decision and finds Damien and is like, Hey, so I need to talk this out. And Damien's like, cool, people are cult- trying to kill me. So, like, as long as we can fight and talk at the same time. And... <laughs> Yeah. And John's yeah. like, yeah. And, like, doesn't yeah. even help. He just keeps talking until somebody tries to kick him in the head and then he just grabs him. I'm like, this is good, actually. It's actually really good. <laughs> I don't... It is It is a limited series, so I might... Or is it a limited series? Shoot. I I thought it was an ongoing. It might um, be ongoing. I might be mixing up the length of it with blue and gold because I did also get blue and gold. I was gonna subscribe yeah. to one of them. Blue and gold is limited. Okay. Um, this I found my issue. It does not say one of eight or anything on it. So I think it's just John is just Superman now. Cool. Um, I'm gonna. Do the trades, then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Blue and Gold came out. I haven't read it yet, but I did get it. And I did get the variant cover that looks like a playing card, and also Booster has a phone case that has him and Ted on it. He has a phone case with him and his best friend on it, and I think that's very good. Fellas, is it gay to have 
your bro and you on your phone case? I mean, I'm not gonna say no. <laughs> um, blue and gold is very good. It's very cute. I'm extremely jealous that you got that variant because uh, my comic book store didn't have it. And the the standard cover is also cute, but that variant is just very good. Olivia, you want to know a secret? Oh, no. I got both covers. I couldn't <laughs> choose. <laughs> there it is. There is the briar I know and love. Ugh. <laughs> oh. Anyway, I might subscribe to that one and then just pick up the trades for Superman. Although, next time I go in, I might thumb through it. <laughs> Who <Yep>. knows? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows where Damian Wayne could be lurking to destroy us emotionally? I mean, but John was also very good. Yes, no, like, John like, is very good always. It's just both of them together. Yes, is what really gets me. Ugh. Mm -hmm. Anyways, it the beginning of it was also good with like Clark trying to repel yeah. an alien invasion and the entire league like get out of here, man. Yeah. Go. Um, Your wife is in labor. We can handle yeah. this. Also glad that they've kind of done something a little bit, made an attempt to make sense of John's, like, nonsense goddamn backstory. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's comic. It's fine. All you need to yeah. know is he was born. <laughs> he was born, and he's here. Um... Wow, I love him. Anyways, you can definitely hear uh, more about um, our thoughts and feelings about John and Damien by following us on the internet. Um, we have a Twitter, Tumblr, uh, an Instagram, and a Facebook. You can uh, find all of those just at Capes and Japes. Uh, we have an email address that's capesandjapes at gmail.com. If you have any uh, questions, comments, concerns, um, we uh, have a Discord server. If you want to join us on there, you can see us react to John and Damien in real time, <laughs> as well as many, many other things. Um, we have a, um, a tabletop RPG channel now for just talking about tabletop RPGs. Um, so yeah, come it's a good time. We also have a Patreon. If you uh want to support us on there, you can get bonus content, watch stuff with us, pick what kinds of stuff we talk about. We also, if you can't do that, uh, but you still want to support the show, leaving a rating and review is a great way to do that. Uh telling a friend if you think they would be interested, and just uh, coming back and joining us. As you have joined us once again today on Capes and Japes, so thank you very much for that. I have been Olivia. And I have been Briar. And, as always, kiss me sexy Batman. Kiss me sexy Batman. Uh. Uh.